What's going on, podcast fans? Just going over the day's games today, and I had a couple thoughts. One of the first ones that I looked at was I watched the New Orleans-Houston game earlier today, and Houston doesn't even really play basketball. I mean, it really reminds me of the third quarter in their playoff game where they were like, they missed 25 straight threes or something like that. It's it's such an interesting team when they get in that mode of they come down and they shoot another three, and then they come down and they shoot another three. <clears throat> and if they've missed two or three in a row, and then P.J. Tucker like hits one in the corner, and then they'll miss a couple more in a row, and pretty soon you look up and they're down by like 11, and it's like they haven't made – they haven't made New Orleans work at all, and I really picked New Orleans to not even be a, to not even be a playoff team, and you know I I, I made predictions kind of for fun because you never know what's going to happen, you never know what certain trades are going to do, um, and I definitely saw that today. I'm actually watching the Bucks Hornets highlights, but you know New Orleans played like basketball. You know they'd cut, they drive, they take a mid range. They'd, they'd go into Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis would get doubled. I have no idea why the Rockets were doubling off of P.J. Tucker or uh, with using P.J. Tucker as a double because the guy, Miritich or whoever, would just literally stand underneath the hoop and Anthony Davis would just throw a little bounce pass for a lay-in. I mean, a lay-in lay-in. Um, shoot, Anthony Davis had, like, he was on his way to a triple-double at halftime. I don't even, I don't know if he ever got it. I stopped watching that game because it was pretty bad. But... You know, you're looking at two teams and you're looking at a team that just goes down and shoots and doesn't make you play defense. And, you know, you have two corner shooters that stand in the corner. Granted, it's crazy firepower. You know, early in the game, I was looking at it going, okay, you got Carmelo Anthony in one corner, you got PJ Tucker in the other, uh, or Gerald Green, or insert name here. And then you got James Harden and Chris Paul playing one on one with all the space in the world because they can't double. It makes sense. And, you know, these shooters need to be able to shoot, you know, a 40% clip or even third, with how many shots they take, a 36% clip would be just fine. Um, but, yeah, no, it was it was interesting. It really wasn't that fun to watch. Um, I enjoyed watching New Orleans play. Once you got in the – once Houston got down by so much, it reminded me of like a – it reminded me of like a bad college football game where you're watching a team just step back and, and – uh, and just throw it with no running game and with without any like quick slants, you know, look like they were just kind of going for big Hail Marys the whole time. So maybe not the greatest example, but anyways, it was bad. Um, I think I had the Rockets as like a five seed because they still have so much talent in Chris Paul and James Harden. And there might be a team this year that they either beat someone by 30 or they lose by 30. You know, if you're going to take 52 threes in a game, uh, I think there was a game in the last postseason where they took like 40, 47 threes. And, you know, that's unheard of a few years ago. And I think one of the reporters was like, yeah, and your team took 47 threes. Um, you know, they only made 16 of them. It wasn't a whole lot. You know, what are you telling your guys or what's your thoughts on that? And he, D'Antoni's only comment was, well, I'd like to get that number closer to 50. It's like, what? Like, how do you how do you say that as a coach? You know, if I miss if I miss a couple threes in a row, I'm gonna I want to try. I guess I have a ton of faith, and I'm gonna pull the next one if it's open. You bet. But 
I'm going to try and get to the hole, maybe try and get fouled, you know, shoot a couple foul shots. Um, maybe hit a, maybe get a mid-range, you know, maybe get a mid-range, little, a little fall away, just see something go in the bucket. You know, maybe um, sell the shot, make the extra pass. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the Rockets um, and just their uh, their style of play. I love Gerald Green. Um, I'm hoping that Carmelo Anthony comes back and has a better year to kind of shut out his his haters because um, he really, you know, he's getting the league minimum right now as a veteran, and uh, he used to be one of the best scorers in the league. So we'll see how that works. Uh, moving on, I watched the, uh, the Spurs-Minnesota highlight. And was definitely there was a there was a play early on. Um, first off, Lamarcus Aldridge's hustle was insane. That dude had 19 rebounds and had worked his tail off um, underneath the hoop. And when you got a guy working that hard to get offensive rebounds, it's especially with his role. You know, when he's not a black hole like he was at Portland, taking 30 shots a game and there. 18 foot fallaways. He has that in his bag, but when he uses it like down the stretch or like when you just need a when you need a bucket and you know they were up three with like five minutes to go and he just posts up and and hits a hits a deep fallaway 18 footer like that's something he can do you know with real regularity. But when it's not like all the offense, um, if he can hustle and play the way he did today, they they. Uh, they got a lot of upside with with the way Lamarcus played. Rudy Gay played really really well. He looked good. I don't know how old he is um, or how many miles he has on his legs, but uh, he looks like he's kind of developed um, kind of a scoring attitude from like a mid range from shooting, and it looked good. It looked real good. And Bellin, I didn't know they picked up Bellinelli, and he looked he looked faster than I've ever seen him play. Like, he looked more athletic and more engaged. I believe he played for um, the Sixers last year, and I think him and uh, him and Reddick were playing together. And he looked, he just looked good. Like, and he just looked like, he, I mean, you think about it, he pops out a lot of international guys. And he just fit right in. So I, I, was, uh, I was impressed to see what Bellinelli was doing. Um Aldridge is like, you know, Patty Mills. When I looked at the, the five that they had on the court at one point, it was Bellinelli, Aldridge, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, and I think I said Patty Mills already. But I, I just looked at the I looked at the five that they had on the court, and I was just really impressed. I was like, they got a lot of scores, and they actually have a, lo- a lot more depth than I – then I realized, and then and then I saw their ball movement. Their ball movement was so phenomenal. Um, I don't know, you know, good God, Giannis Antetokounmpo is an absolute, that guy's insane. Um, anyways, yeah, I was, uh, I, you know, I've always been impressed with Pop and the way that he runs. He has a team, you know, speaking of, polar opposites when you got a team like Houston that shoots the ball 50 times a game and or 53s a game and a lot of one-on-one stuff and just space the floor and find the matchup mismatch and then go one-on-one you know it, it all makes sense but when you watch pop and the Spurs play basketball I'd be re I'm gonna be one of the I'd be really happy 
to see them come back and have a good year. I didn't pick them to even like make the playoffs because I know the West is so good. And uh, was really impressed. I'm watching, like I said, I was watching the Hornets and Bucks game, and it looks like Giannis did a lot. And it really looks like the Hornets are fired up. I have them picked actually as like a five seed this year because um, Miles Bridges can really play. Batum gives them a lot of stability. I don't know who this guard is. It's hard to see because I'm, I'm watching and talking at the same time. I think it might be Kimba. But, yeah. Um, anyways, but there was, a moment, there was a moment where in the Spurs-Minnesota game where the Spurs did um, – Rudy Gay had this sick Eurostep. And on the bench, you know, they're all up. And there's eight people standing up, and they're recreating the Eurostep, and they're all hyped. And then on the next play, Jimmy Butler came down and, like, got a nice bucket and nobody stood up there was a couple golf claps there was there was four or five people on the bench that didn't even clap I was like oh okay noted and um and then here's the end of the Hornets Bucks game oh he missed the lay-in platoon for the win oh man man what a game though what a game for the Hornets um there was a moment, yeah, and so there was like a golf clap. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Spurs came back down, got a hit a three. The entire bench in, is up and off and off the off the bench like it's supposed to be. And then there was sick ball movement for the Spurs, and they got another bucket. And like everybody's pumped about it. Everyone's hyped. The energy looks so good. Minnesota comes down, and Jeff Teague is this sick spin move on the baseline and finishes. And not one person stood up on the Minnesota sideline. And I had to like pause the TV and like and be like, wow, did. Nobody stand up. And not only did nobody stand up, like two people clapped and it looked like four people weren't even like watching the game on the bench. I don't think I've ever seen that. I know that there was, I know that there's, you know, problems with the Jimmy Butler situation and everything like that. But I was, I was really, um, really uh, interested to see that. I've I've never seen anything like that on a court. Um, Utah and Sacramento, I believe that was today as well. I'm just, I like, I just go through the YouTube, ten minute um, recaps at the end of the day. I looked uh, Kawhi. Let's see the Raptors. Who did they play today? I know they got the dub. Just watching the game. I really didn't have any any notes on the other team on the team that they played against. Because I didn't really uh, wasn't really impressed with much that I saw, but I was really impressed with Kawhi. I thought he did a good job of getting to his spots. You could tell that he's really comfortable with that right elbow. And, you know, it's something that happens for athletes as we get in the game. The game kind of uh, speeds up and becomes a little too much. Um, but you'll see that what the stars do is they're always calm and they know, like, they have certain spots that they like to get to. And, you know, we all played Showtime and... NBA uh, jam back in the day and you always had like a hot spot or when you're on fire and if you just got to that spot and pulled up you know you got a green flame coming off your ball and it's going in every single time and it was interesting to see that um, Kawhi really got to the right up I think he hit like three or four from there during the game and kind of just got to a spot he was a big time hustler I was you know people were questioning how hard he was going to play this year he was hustling he's so long um, you know, is he the third best player in the league? I don't know yet, you know. Time will tell. But um Lowry looked really comfortable. I think having a guy like Kawhi 
that is really long. And then I don't think he needs. I don't think he needs 25. I think DeRozan's a guy that's going to be super aggressive and has that package where he's going to score 25. And then Lowry, you know, they had two players that were 25 and 25. Kawhi's more of a guy that's like a, you know, 18 to 20 with seven rebounds and five assists and four steals and two blocks and big time, you know, big time moment stuff. Um, you know he can step up and do that too, but he's not he he's not like DeRozan. So I think it give make gives Lowry a little bit more um, freedom to just kind of play loose because he looked really comfortable uh, pulling up. And then there's a guy like Van Fleet. And Van Fleet's kind of like Lou Williams, and I feel like every team needs that one player that can come off the bench. You know the Jamal Crawfords, the Lou Williams. Um, I think J.R. Smith would be a player that would be good to come off the bench. That has that like ultimate green light that loves to come in you know can can get a bucket when your team has been on like a you know 10-0 run and hit a little step back three and to you know create momentum so you know I, I, I like how the Raptors look I don't think they actually played a very formidable opponent if I remember right because I didn't write anything um the Greek freak looked insane it looked like the Hornets uh, played well. I know I talked about that game. I'm watching the Utah Sacramento recap right now. I watched Utah in the preseason and um they they didn't look very good. Their first lineup didn't look very good against the Blazers. Um I watched that game live. But it looks like, you know, Joe Joe Ingles looks like he's doing a little a lot more ball handling this year. I know he's slow, but I know he can shoot. The freaking lights out. I think he might have been the best percentage shooter in the NBA last year. So that'll be interesting to see if he's one of their main ball handlers. Um, you know, I think Rubio is one of the best point guards actually in the league, especially now that he developed a jump shot. I I don't know what to expect from, from Utah. But, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, he looked like he was trying to do too much in preseason. And I don't know what he did tonight because I haven't really got that far yet. So, anyways, those are uh, my recaps on some of the bigger games of the day that I wanted to check out. Oh, another big thing that I saw today was I did not know that Phoenix picked up Trevor Ariza. And, you know, of all the players in the league and the reasons why the Rockets were so good last year, Trevor Ariza is such a good, 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 good basketball player. He's super long. He's very, very good at defense. He's hit a ton of big threes and big moments in his career with LA winning championships there um, last year with Houston. He, you know, he's he is such a good player to be around a guy like Devin Booker to allow Booker just the freedom just to go play. And uh, I did not know that. And when I watched that highlight, you know, I didn't even really look at Phoenix. Um, I think Atlanta Hawks are, you know, the worst team in the league. And I look at a team like that and I barely kind of checked out their roster. Um, you know, Sacramento is kind of another team that I didn't really even check out their roster yet. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll check it out as we go. Uh, but when I watched Phoenix's recap today and I just saw how much life they had, there was a, a guy that they, there was a, I think it might have been a rookie that hit like three or four threes and Ariza was just balling. And that guy looked so good. Defense, offense, you know, block shots, knocking down big threes. Um, 
Booker, I think, had 35, but, you know, he's a guy that can do that at any time, and he's really shown that. That's why I'm curious to see what Donovan Mitchell does in his, you know, in his second campaign. Will he have that same, um, you know, will he have that same impact on games? Because when I, like, when I watched him warm up in the preseason against Portland, that dude was, that dude came in in a, a tank top hoodie, had his big old headphones on, and I was excited to watch him warm up. I go early so I can watch players warm up, especially superstars. It's like, hey, you know, I, I can take something from you. Maybe you're really calm. Maybe you do, um, maybe you go through a shooting routine that I can I can steal. Um, maybe there's something that you could do. And I was really excited. And he walked, he didn't do any dribbling um, and started doing these like walking floaters uh, he was kind of jogging, you know, and then he started going into shooting it, but he was like walking into threes and he had a coach that was like passing him the ball and he'd do a little jab step to the right, take two dribbles to his left at like 30% speed, pull up. And I was like, okay, he's just still getting loose. And then he moves to the spot number two and kind of did the same thing. I was walking into transition threes and I don't know that I've ever been more, um, I don't know what the word is, but I immediately was like, I would never want to look like that. I don't want to, I would never want, I would never want to warm up like that. I would never want to act like that. Um, any of it. And I, I, I literally stopped watching him warm up and I was like, well, maybe it's just preseason, but you know, you look on the other side and the Blazers, you know, every person on the Blazers who went through warmups worked harder than he did. And he, he basically got benched at one point. He was trying to make plays and he was trying to do, he probably shot six floaters that were like really difficult and over people, um, missed all of them. And he eventually got, he eventually got benched and Dante Exum ended up being, uh, the main ball handler and him and Ricky Rubio and, Dante kind of turned, or Donovan kind of turned into a spot up shooter. So, you know, just something I saw. I don't know if a little complacency set in from being basically one of the best players in the league last year. So I'll be curious. I hope not. Like, I, I never, ever hope. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I was so excited to watch him warm up. And I love greatness and I love people that are good because, you know, all it, all's it tells you, anytime you see a really, really, really good player, what that tells you is that you have the capabilities to do that too. You know, you have to put in that same focused, crazy work that they did to get there. But anytime you see a player, even even if it's something like, oh, a guy's doing a 360, you know, through the legs behind, you know, behind the back dunk or whatever it might be, you got to understand that you can do that. Like there's people that are 5'10", uh, they can do that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I know there's some, there's a lot of doubt out there. There's a lot of haters, but if you ever see anyone do something, it means it's possible. So I appreciate greatness for sure. So I hope he has a better, um, better second campaign. But yeah, anyways, going back to the, I got lost for a second there. Um, going back to the Phoenix team, they actually looked really good. Doncic still looked really good. He made a lot of good plays. Um, he didn't have... Didn't look like he had a whole lot of help from some of the guys, but I'll be I'll be definitely excited to uh, to check out Phoenix a little bit too now, 
And that's the beauty of making predictions. It's like March Madness. You don't really know what to expect and anything can happen. But, you know, you make your predictions for fun and then uh, then you go watch and see what happens. So just a little quick recap on the day. If you ever want to hop on here, hit me up. I'm definitely down for that. I'm going to do them pretty much every night after I'm done with my workouts around uh, any time between probably 11 and 11.30. So if you ever want to hop on or if you ever want to add comments, let me know. If You can find me on Instagram. It's uh, at Jeremy underscore Bright. Find out that I'm not full of shit and I do love basketball and I am still trying to play and uh, still working out every day and I use this as opportunities to to learn and get better and um, just talk about the game. All the best.